It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and I had a lot of fun this past week at Live Know-It-Alls with a number of people, including, of course, my co-host, Jessica Lewis. Yes, hello. It was a super great time, and it was so fun to watch the episode with a room full of super fans. It was really incredible. I had a good time with you. Great time with your cousin. It was all fun. Really, really wonderful. Yeah, and uh, not just the super fans, of course, but we had Sophie Clark at our table. Uh, we met Victoria and Julie from last season, plus Julie's husband, Mark, of course. And we got to see Brett and Wendell and Bryce and Michelle again, too. Plus, like you said, all the patrons who were there, uh, some of whom we'd met before and some who were new to us. I want to give a special shout out to Anna, who traveled all the way from Moscow. Right. Uh, that's, you know, that's simply amazing. And I had some really nice conversations with her. Yes, she seems like a really great person. I cannot believe that she traveled so far. But it's it's like that every year. I feel like there's always somebody that comes up to us and starts speaking to us. And they're like, oh, I came all the way from. And it's always someplace that's really incredibly far away. And it's I find it impressive, but also like to have such a dedication for the show and for this group and this community is really incredible. And I don't know if you really find that in other in other or around other shows like this. It seems it seems very survivor specific, but I could be wrong. Well, and RHAP specific. Yeah, it's really incredible. Yeah. So uh, speaking of RHAP specific, as we are recording today, it is Rob Sesternino's birthday. So we want to wish a happy birthday to the man who is responsible for all these podcasts. Yes. Happy birthday, Rob. Thank you for all the work you do. Putting on incredible live know-it-alls and allowing us to all be a part of it is really great. So I hope his birthday went well. Yes, hopefully. And uh, so after I got back from New York, I got back on Thursday after uh, dodging a storm and getting an earlier flight, luckily, because otherwise I'd have been there an extra night. Mm. Uh, I uh, then on Saturday went to the football game that many are calling the biggest college football upset this season as my fighting Illini beat the number six ranked Wisconsin Badgers. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> That's right. Wisconsin had never been behind all season long until there were zero seconds left on the clock of this game. That's craziness. So, well, it's uh, a so, good Saturday yeah, was, for you though. It was, it was, we were not expecting that they were, uh, Supposed to lose that game by 30 and a half points. You know, it's interesting. I don't think anyone was expecting Chelsea to get voted out either. So lots of surprises for you this week. That's right. A big upset there yes, as well. Very big upset for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so, so, but going back to New York, one great thing about sitting with you and Sophie was during the commercials, we could share thoughts. 
And after the whole Nora thing on Island of the Idols, and of course, getting back to camp with her truly wonderful lie. Oh, my word. I, I asked what you two would do in a situation like that, because I figured the best thing would be to go along with her and then ask Jeff at the challenge if she really did have to be the caller. And that's almost exactly what the tribe did. They didn't specifically ask Jeff, but they pushed the issue by sitting her out. So if she had been telling the truth, Jeff would have been forced to say, no, sorry, she has to be the caller. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he didn't proved she was lying. Yeah, it is so much fun to watch the show and get the insight of other people who have played the game, because I do think that the approach that many people take is obviously different. And there are many times that survivors disagree in the best way to present yourself or the best way to handle a situation. I do think, though, every survivor there didn't agree with Nora's handling of that particular situation. I think we were all on board with that, that that was not that was not the right method at all. Every survivor, every podcaster, <laughs> you know, every, every fan, everyone even people who had never seen the show before were coming in and saying, wow, that was the wrong way to handle it. I know my husband was really he was texting me after the show was done and was kind of beside himself with the whole episode. <laughs> so it, there's that that one. I, I feel like mm, it was it was very comical. And yeah. it just didn't feel like Survivor when all of that was happening. Like it felt it felt really like we were playing a different show at that point, different game. It was strange. Very strange. Yeah, I'm not. It was the Nora show. It really was on but on so many weird levels. Uh, I know we're not talking about Nora, but my word, girl, what were you no. thinking? No, I mean, all of it. Yeah. Surprisingly, we're not talking about Nora yet. Yeah, I know. Oh. Maybe we will, but I don't know at this point. I think she might be someone that everyone's like, let's keep her around. <laughs> Telling you. Well, at some point she may get to the, you know, the, the issue may be that they're just like, oh my God, we're sick of her. Like, we got to get rid of her. I know, but I, I feel like now with the way that the game is being played, those people are being kept, like they're being saved on purpose just because they are annoying or people don't really want to play the game with them or their dead weight because they're probably thinking that's one of my three right there. And it's, it's really quite sad. And I, I thought it was interesting when um, Elizabeth talked about it being a privilege, like why should this person have the privilege to continue mm -hmm. playing in this game? And I thought that was a great way to describe it because it really does become a threat for everyone else in the game. When that person is just being carried along because everyone's like, I want that person sitting next to me in the final three because I'm going to beat them. Yeah, yeah, and I think you mentioned that at the live know-it-alls, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, well, we'll see. Sorry I mean, to repeat only... myself, everyone. No, but... no, no, it's okay. Um, I, I'm just saying it, it, it is an interesting point that you know, there can only be so many of those people that go along. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, so. And it takes away a spot from someone else. It's something right. to just be mindful of when you're playing that game. What role are you playing? Are you that person that everyone is just kind of bringing along because? They know it's not going to matter in the end. If you're that person, that's sad. It's very sad. Well, I don't know. You can be that person and make it to the end. and But then not you know, win. Maybe, well, not win, but maybe you get 100 grand out of it. I know, or, but you know, Lord. what if what, 50 grand. Hey, what's your rule? You play, play to, to win, win, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, but some people just aren't good players. And that's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, that that's the, yeah. What I'm saying is sometimes you find yourself in those situations and there have been instances, bizarre instances, when a person like that, who you would think of as not being someone who can win, getting to the end and miraculously winning. I know. And it's that happened, is true. That's... It's happened in U.S. Survivor. It's happened mm -hmm. in International Survivor. And, you know, it it's there have been other times where it's almost happened. You yeah. know, there's been a, a difference of one vote or, or so. And uh, so you're never out of it till you're out. Of it. And that is true, because there is, unfortunately, people who play the game exceptionally well, push the envelope, fight really hard and end up pissing off everybody who's sitting on the jury. So they're like, I'm not going to vote for you. And it's out of spite. I don't like that yeah. either. The spite vote. Yeah, but, you know, it is a social game. Absolutely. So, oh, it 100% so. is a social game. I just think it's interesting to watch the dynamics and how all of this kind of evolves. Because initially when we saw Nora, we thought, ah, she's going quick. Now I feel like she's her claws are dug in <laughs> and and we're going to be watching the Nora show for quite some time. Yeah, and it's possible that Nora would have gone if they would have lost a couple of immunities there. Yeah. You know, or, or a couple additional immunities. So, you know, part of it is that they've just won a couple and, you know, then you don't have to send anyone home. So we'll we'll see. But uh, bringing it back to what actually happened. Yeah, I'm sorry. But um, I'm a little no, tangent no, no. Hey, there. Yeah. Uh, I have to bring this up, even though I don't want to even talk about our predictions for this episode. Oh, because no. once again, we got everything wrong. And Survivor broke Kubicki's law again mm -hmm. by actually showing Chelsea and suggesting there could be trouble. Um, but at least my reverse curse on Jamal worked because not only did he survive the episode, but he found an immunity idol Here very early go. on, which made me feel so much better. I know. And he found the jankiest idol I've ever seen. What is that thing? Well, that was what Mike Bloom picked out. Mike Bloom picked that out? I was wondering yes. where that came from. Yes, he picked it out at. Uh, in the preseason, Josh got to pick out one idol and Mike Bloom got to pick out one. Mike that Bloom. That was the Mike Bloom. Lord have mercy. <laughs> it is the, like, worst. I don't even think it could fit around someone's neck. Let's just start there. It's like for a toddler. And it looks like a toddler made it. I get that CBS maybe is trying to make them look fake because you can mess people up with a fake idol and if it's too pretty or whatever. But... It doesn't even look like they tried. It's like they took the leftover pieces of scrap from the craft table and someone who is not very old and not very crafty, I would say a, a very young, small child, tied it together and presented it like a Mother's Day present when your kid is in like kindergarten and you love it because your child makes it for you. But you're in the back of your mind going, wow, I can't fit this around my neck. And that's what it looks like. Well, I mean, um, you know, Mike does have a baby, so maybe that's the mode that he was thinking. It might have been. You know? And I thought it was funny when Jamal said how beautiful it was. <laughs> well, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and he was beholding immunity. Very so. true. But if he shows that to someone, he better show him the letter, too, because they're going to be like, that is not an immunity idol. That's a, <laughs> those are the scraps from the bottom of his bag. That's what that is. So we'll see. Oh, maybe that's why Mike picked it. Yeah. And, you know, and if he did, kudos to you, Mike, because you've thrown everyone off. And uh, so Mike and Josh had decided that whoever found their idol would be their winner pick. 
So Chelsea became Josh's winner pick. Wah, wah. Oh, and, that's why and, that happened. Yes. And Jamal became Mike's winner pick. So Bloom and Bloomberg have the same winner pick. Well, look at that. Fancy. Mm-hmm. And you were very excited when he found the idol. I was. I was. Yeah. Listen, I, you know, and here's the thing. He got this whole special buildup. This is how you know he's going to be in the game that much longer. Because when Chelsea found her idol, it was like, a, oh, there's an idol. And it was a two second bit in the show. Jamal gets this whole like monologue and this and this long drawn out explanation of who he is and what kind of person he is and how he's using that in the game. And you're just like, oh, he's so finding an idol and he's going to be here that much longer. Well, hopefully it's part of his winner's edit. That's what I'm thinking. Damn it, Bloomberg. <laughs> so annoying. So frustrating. Aw. Yeah, I am. I'm a little. I'm a little salty. Okay. <laughs> oh, him and his janky idol. It's not about you, Jamal. It's not about you. It's about David Bloomberg. Ouch. I know. I just. You know what? Why do we even try? Why do I even have to do well, predictions? Because they're wrong because every time. I mean, what else would we have to talk about? I know. Uh, other than maybe we'll talk about the person uh, that we'll be focusing on for most of the rest of this podcast. I know. We'll uh, get since, to you, Chelsea. I'm sorry. Like, you know, 17 minutes in. Um, is it really that know, long already? Yes, it is. Um, I I feel bad for Chelsea. Me too. Because it's clear what a lifelong dream it's been for her to be on Survivor. And then to get voted off when you don't feel like you did anything wrong yeah. is rough. And yeah. you could really feel her emotions coming through in interviews, especially oh. the one with Rob. Oh, she was crying. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm personally even sadder that we lost Chelsea so soon because I agree with pretty much everything she said in her interviews about strategy and gameplay. Yeah, it was crazy. Reading what she was actually saying was it's it's not something that you usually experience in these exit interviews. You kind of feel like people are Monday morning quarterbacking when they do these interviews. And she was really just as baffled as I think the rest of us were watching the episode and feeling that same, no sense of relief, like not even watching the show feeling like, Oh, now it makes sense because now I see this or I see that she's still just as confused, just as hurt. And I really, I feel for her as well. I really do. Her marathon analogy. I thought was really, really quite incredible. She'd been training for this marathon basically and how, like right away. Yes. Oh, it was yeah. very sad. It was very sad. Yeah. But no matter what, still our job to figure out what happened, including what went right and what she did wrong. And we'll do it the same way as always, looking at all the information available, not just from what we saw on TV, but also interviews, Twitter, clips from CBS All Access, and then compare her gameplay to my rules, which you can find at robhasawebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules. And of course, there's also the shorter and much more colorful version of the rules in poster form, which you can get at tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. Yes, and you can actually find it when you go to the RHAP website, if you want to do it that way too, and click on the poster that's there, and it'll bring you right to the eBay link so you can order it. It's only $20, great price, cheap shipping. We'll get it out to you. The shipping department here will take care of you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really phenomenal. I think uh, it's a great purchase. Looks wonderful in a frame. So yeah, get it before we run out. That's right. And uh, Eric Reichenbach even made an appearance on last episode he did. just to promote the poster. Again, <laughs> that was it. That was the old, that was why. That was, that was mm-hmm. why. That was why. 
Um, and also, I do want to mention that we have, I believe, three, three whole autographed uh, posters. Uh, you and I have autographed them, and that's the number that we were able to uh, transport between us. So, um, so the first three people who, when they order from the website uh, and ask you about it, if they want, can get the autographed version. Yes, and thank God I didn't try to bring any more to New York city because it was torrential oh, yeah. rain yes. oh my word there was so much rain and i you know i just have to not that he's listening but if he maybe is a fan i don't know the gentleman who sold me my five dollar umbrella <laughs> right outside of penn station you are my hero thank you so much that was the best five dollar purchase i've ever made so yeah you stayed nice and dry so. <laughs> well you're you're Poncho, poncho was working. It was <laughs> down to my knees, and then everything below that was drenched. I know it was. That was a lot of rain. That was a yeah. lot of rain. But we so, we persevered. We got through we it. We went to the show. Totally worth it. Wet yes, pants and all. Yes. Um, so, and then when we were there, one big question that we were asked many times, including from Stephen when you were on stage, was of course, "Hey, why did Chelsea lose?" Uh, mm -hmm. was it really just a case of, like they said, Russian roulette or being the last name someone threw out? Why did Missy suggest it and why did the others go along with it? Well, we couldn't really answer that at the time when, when Steve, Steve, Steve when Steven said that, uh, said to you, well, why, why did Chelsea lose? Uh, but now we've done all our studying and it's time to answer that question and determine why Chelsea lost. Mm -hmm. So the first and most important rule is to scheme and plot. And I'm just going to throw this right at you here. How do you think she did in terms of making alliances and laying out her early strategy? Well, unfortunately her strategy was to find one particular person that could really, she could use and that person could use her. I mean, she went into the game wanting to do that and she did that. She had, her second, which was Dean. And unfortunately, that <laughs> really brought an end to Chelsea's game. So, yeah, or at least a, it, it helped greatly. Yes. So I do think that she was someone who sounded in her pregame interviews to really have a good idea in her head of how she wanted to play this game. She wanted to play under the radar, didn't want to draw a lot of attention to herself. And I think she did all of that. And she had that person that you know that second half if you will and dean and she even said in the episode that she thought that dean was going to help bring her far in the game so she had a strategy she was implementing that strategy but unfortunately that strategy really did her in so it's it's tough because she she had she had a great idea but it blew up so yeah, i mean yeah go ahead no, I mean, it's just I feel for her because it's she's someone who really was thinking about the game and thinking things through. And she not only did she have Dean, but she also had the Women's Alliance and she seemed to be really creating relationships with people. I mean, she was even talking to Krishma and it sounded like nobody wanted to talk to Krishma. So she she definitely was working her way around the tribe. And I do think that she was working through the game and strategizing. But I really do think that's what that's what did her in in the end. Well, I'm not going to agree with that part. But, yeah, she was, you know, definitely strategizing. Like you mentioned, the Women's Alliance. She, we also heard in interviews that she had a secret alliance with Missy, Elizabeth, Dean and Aaron. Yes. 
so yeah, she definitely knew and understood that she had to strategize. You know, she's she's a super fan. She's wanted to be on since she was a kid, and she even made the finals during your season. Mm-hmm. And so we also just have seen that she was she. Well, another thing is she she approached Ronnie because remember back to the first week. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't just limited to those people. She approached Ronnie. Now, Ronnie shooed her away, which was a mistake. Uh, but she was doing the scheming and plotting like she should have been, even though she wasn't being flashy. Yes. She was playing a as she wanted under the radar game. But unfortunately, that whole showmance thing, you know, <laughs> got tied into her strategy so that and, and I know you don't necessarily want to agree that that was what did her in. But it's it's unfortunate. I really do think yeah. it's unfortunate that that's what it turned into instead of just a strategic partner. It became a showmance and then it takes on a life of its own. Whole different. Well, I would argue that it, beca- it did not become a showman. It became perceived as a show well and but that's what i'm saying and that's and that's actually something that it came up uh in some of her exit interviews which i thought was i thought was really um i was not in a showmance with dean it sucks that is part of my narrative going out but perception is reality and that's what Mm -hmm. chelsea said and that's that's what we talk about on this why blank lost every every week is what are people's perceptions of you and people's perception of Dean and Chelsea was they were in a showmance. And yep. unfortunately, that's that's what took over. And that's what people started saying, as opposed to they're just a, a duo. They're just a pair. Showmance has a whole different ring to it. Oh, yeah. And so let, let's go ahead and, and move into the second rule, um, although I don't want to deal with that aspect of things yet. But I I, I, I do think Chelsea was doing her best to follow the second rule by being smart about her strategy and not scheming and plotting too much. Mm-hmm. She told Mike Bloom in the preseason, as much as I want to make big moves, I don't want to make a big move just for the sake of it. I need to take a step back and remember it's not smart for my game in the beginning, as boring as it is, I've just got to keep a low profile. Yeah. And you know, that was one reason so many of us thought highly of her going into the season. And one reason I drafted her in my fantasy leagues. Then after she was voted out, she said in an interview, I thought I was playing a good game. I wanted to be under the radar and a simple move might not make good TV, but sometimes a simple move is the right move. I don't know why every single vote needs to be a blindside. I thought I was making solid alliances and the game doesn't really even start until a swap or the merge. Again, very smart, definitely Mm -hmm. following the second rule because in, in the second rule, I talk about big moves by saying, I know it's in the survivor lingo and Jeff Probst slash production really wants everyone to think they need to make big moves in this game. But as I've been saying for a while now, what production wants is not necessarily what a good player wants. Remember, oh, yes. Yeah, remember, they're making a TV show. Players are trying to win the game and big moves are generally not how it's done. Yes, yes, winners yes. Gener- winners generally make lots of good, small moves. People may want to talk about getting the big moves on your resume, but more often than not, it falls into this rule as scheming and plotting too much. So that was my quote from the second rule. Chelsea understood this and she played that part of the second rule proper. Yeah, it, it's it is unfortunate because I when you're out there and when you're playing this game, you are obviously struggling to 
keep track of everything that's happening and you and who's talking to who and who's off with who. And and then you're doing your your one on ones with with the various people from production who are interviewing you and they're asking you questions and they're making you think about things even more. And it's really such a head game. And you do need to be mindful of the fact that you are there to play a game with a million dollars. CBS is making television show and it needs to be entertaining so everyone has kind of mm, a different end goal in mind really you want to win they want a great show and hopefully those two things line up and and jive and chelsea recognized that although it might be boring this is this is how i want to play in the first part of this game and who knows what was happening behind the scenes and what people were sprinkling because i know that that's Jeff Probst talks about it all the time. You have to have a resume. You have to have big moves. And and I do think that people get lost in that idea or that concept of I need to make a big move, even if it's a big move. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we'll get to that again a little bit later. I know here, we but, will. But Chelsea did not fall prey to that. No, she didn't. Um, so now there is another part of the second rule, which you've already brought up. And was immediately brought up as a question to us, you know, because we were watching with a crowd of very astute patrons. Was Chelsea scheming and plotting too much because she was in an obvious duo uh, with Dean? And I, I know Chelsea said throughout all her interviews that she was not in a showmance and that she only spooned with him the one night and rotated through people to avoid exactly this sort of problem. <laughs> Which sounds so funny. I know. And what was even better was when she gave the description, if I were in a showmance, then I'd be the spoonie, not the spooner. And yeah, I didn't know that there were special spooning rules. But, I didn't know either. Uh, so, well, that's because you were already married when you went out there. See, if you were a single person, you would have known. But in any case, you know, wh- whether it was true or not, Chelsea also often said in her interview something that we made our hashtag two weeks ago. When we were talking about Molly and you've already said it. Perception is reality. Yeah. You know, we opened this episode on TV with Aaron saying one of the things that you have to be careful of is when people are coupled together and Dean and Chelsea, they're too damn close. When you've got two people sleeping on top of each other, that's dangerous. What you have there is a potential power couple. And that's something that has to be squashed. Mm hmm. You know, I know that Aaron may not have said that whole thing in one sitting and it may have been Frankenbited together, but he was still clearly talking about them as a duo. And he's right about being careful about couples. To quote the second rule, I'm also going to bring in one more point regarding open scheming. Couples, I'm talking about joining up openly with another person for any reason, whether it's love slash lust, a pseudo father daughter type thing or whatnot. Open partnerships are just begging to be split up. Yeah. And I think the problem, too, when you're even it's different, I think, the the father daughter type duo versus someone who's perceived as being in a showmance, because there's there's a different feeling that comes with that type of relationship. If you just know that two people are close and that two people are working together and they're they're kind of like a best friend group or they're, you know, a father daughter, like you said, or just even, you know, two brothers or anything like that. It just feels different when there's a potential relationship forming, when there's a potential, Mm -hmm. because I do think that when two people are perceived as liking each other, 
And I'm going to use like a sixth grade terminology. Like, do you like, like them or do you like them, like them? You know, it's one of those kind of things. It changes the mindset of that person. And, and they even showed how it changes the mindset way back when, when they showed that old clip of Rob, when he was trying to save Amber Mm -hmm. and he was saving Amber because yeah, he wanted to play with Amber, but he cared about Amber. And that's where things can really change because you start to care about someone for a different reason. And it's not about the game anymore. It's a personal feeling that you have. And I just, I feel like that is when it becomes more dangerous because it's not about the game anymore. It's about trying to create a long-term relationship potentially with this person or that this person is becoming to mean something more to you on a, at a much deeper level. And that takes the game away from it. And that's where I think it gets very scary for people because I mean, Geez, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. Maybe I have, but Taylor and Figgy almost got married during a tribal council. Like you didn't see any of that, but that happened on my season during tribal council. Jeff offered to marry them. Well, I think it was on the show, wasn't it? Or maybe you've just told me before. I, I think don't. It was, I don't know if I it feel made, like it aired. I. You know what? I can't remember. I've never gone back and watched my season, honestly, so I don't remember. But I know it happened. So I don't know if it did air. But but so that's that is a much different relationship than someone who is just working closely with someone. But it's to that point where you feel so close to someone. So that's why I think it can be that much more scary for people who are playing with that showmance couple. Right. Now, to be clear, Figgy and Taylor were obviously in a uh, showmance, which absolutely. let's face it, when Figgy told you a thousand memes were born with you saying, go ahead, say it. You think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, so that was a little bit different because, you know, Chelsea has said she was not in a couple situation with Dean and I I have no reason to doubt her. Oh, I don't Uh, doubt her either. But again, perception. Right. And and that's exactly what I was going to say. I have no reason to doubt that that was her point of view and was probably the factual situation. But, you know, a couple weeks ago in Why Molly Lost, we talked about how Survivor isn't a courtroom and you don't need evidence to make an accusation. Mm-hmm. You only need to worry about how people perceive you. Yeah. Molly said at the time that she didn't think she was hanging out specifically with Jamal and Jack too much because Everyone hung out together a lot in in larger groups. So the power trio idea surprised her. And in the conclusion of why Molly lost, I said several times I've mentioned that Molly was thinking one thing, but her tribe mates saw her in a different light. She thought she'd been hanging out with everyone, but they thought she was focused on her tight trio. Well, you know what? This sounds very close to the situation with Chelsea. And in this case, we have more information about what her tribe mates thought, because first, We had Elaine joking about Chelsea and Dean being perfect for each other and Chelsea joining in on the joking around. Dean indicated in confessional that he was drawn to her, which means it's possible he could have made comments like that to others in the tribe, which contributed to that perception. Mm -hmm. And now now Chelsea did shoot it down by telling Elaine, I'm not here for no showmance. It always messes up people's games. But that did not seem to change the perception enough. Yeah, I mean, if you are cuddling up with them at night, I I know we've said this so many times, but it is so true. When you are out there, people pay attention to where you are sleeping and who you are sleeping next to. Not just because of a potential showmance, but you're usually keeping yourself close to people that you might want to have a conversation with Mm -hmm. or people that you might be scheming and plotting with. So it does become very significant where you are 
laying your head at night. And if even if she says she was switching it up and wasn't wasn't always returning to Dean, there had to have been some returning to Dean if it was being spoken about in the manner that Aaron was talking about it. You know, there, there, or yeah, or it was just a bad coincidence that she did it on the night that they were first noticing these things. And or that's something true. Like that. mm-hmm, that's true, too. Yeah. So, you know what? When you go out there, just be cold. OK, don't cuddle yeah. with people. <laughs> just be cold. <laughs> I thought you meant emotionally cold, but yeah, I, yeah. no, um, be, be actually cold. Just just cuddle with yourself. Bring a sweater if they'll let you <laughs> just be cold. Um, or only cuddle with married people, you know, something like that. Yeah, you could um, do that, too. I so, mean, Chris and Brett cuddle together a lot. Well, yeah, Brett was talking about that. Yeah. I know it all. So. I know. So you, you never know who you're going to find as a cuddle partner, but yeah. that could be your cuddle partner. Uh, so <laughs> um, the, the thing is that it wasn't just Elaine that had that perception. You know, we were talking about Elaine, like, like you said, others did, because, you know, when Missy and Aaron were talking, and mm-hmm. by the way, Missy and Aaron, that would be an actual power couple right now. Oh, my word. Um, yes. So uh, Aaron said Dean was definitely with Chelsea. Uh, and he also associated the two of them by saying Dean had uh, Chelsea in his back pocket when he proposed. I'm sorry, when Missy proposed her final idea for the vote. She held two of Elaine's fingers together in her hand and asked if Elaine agreed that they represented Dean and Chelsea. And Elaine agreed. Mm -hmm. Missy then said that as a pair, they were dangerous. And then even in the preview for next week, Missy refers to Chelsea as Dean's, quote, girlfriend. Mm. Even Chelsea said on the show, I have really good relationships with people, especially with Dean. And in her day after video, Chelsea already knew that she had been painted as being in a showmance and said if she went back out, she would avoid all the guys. Now, remember, that was without seeing any footage or talking to anyone who had voted her out. Mm -hmm. That was that was literally I mean, that was the day after. Then in her interviews this week, Chelsea acknowledged that she was close with Dean, but noted that everyone was close with someone. It was just because they were two openly single people in the tribe. And I, I think that comes back to what you were saying, that a showmance or an alleged showmance is viewed differently than other duos. And maybe mm-hmm. I need to add that into the rules. No, and I think uh, that is true. I think that is absolutely true. And yes, you should add it into your rules. I can I can help you out there. Yay. Yay. Uh, <laughs> and so she also said that she should have squashed that there was a perception about that being a thing. And that's also where Jeff Probst agreed, as he said in an interview. That there was never a showmance, but the perception was enough to shine a spotlight. And if you ever feel that light shining on you, you have to climb the lighting tower and move that bright beam to someone else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wonder, is that maybe what Missy was doing, pushing the focus of her own tight duo onto someone else? One hundred percent. I was wondering when you were going to get there. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Missy. Yes, she was. It's so much. It's so much easier to, well, I shouldn't even say easier, but in order to play this game, you really do need to get people to see things from where you want to see them from. You know, you want, you want other people to see the, the picture as, as you paint it. And Missy's doing that fantastically well. And I, I really do think she's sprinkling her ideas amongst the tribe and kind of, pushing along this this idea and this narrative 
Because, yeah, then nobody's looking at her. Everyone's looking outward at them. Well, for now. For now. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. I, Missy, girl, you're going to have some trouble, I think, coming up. But what she did this episode was was pretty incredible until we get yeah. to tribal council. Yeah. But that's yes. something else. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll ask about it later. Never mind. Um, let's move on to the third rule, uh, which uh, talks about being flexible. Now, we already discussed how Chelsea was in several alliances and sub-alliances, which is certainly in keeping with this rule. Other than that, what did you think about her flexibility? Well, she did even talk about in her pregame interviews how she wanted to be adaptable and flexible. So I was impressed that she was already making that a, a thing that she wanted to do before she even started playing the game. And I do think that she showed that she was willing to be that way, considering she was having conversations with everyone which I already talked about. She was talking to Karishma and even trying to help Karishma and how she was going to present herself at tribal council. So I do think that she was willing to work with basically everyone and kind of go with the flow. But at the same time, I think that she was looking at this game as a more, mm, what's the best way to describe this? Like, what makes the most sense? And I think that she was focusing on what makes the most sense. And, you know, the common denominator really was Karishma. So we should just go with Karishma. And so I don't know if she really had a chance to be adaptable or flexible just because she then became the target and no one was going to talk to her about Dean. So it kind of, I think, put her in a difficult spot because this was where she found herself this week. Although last week, they did pull off a blindside too. And she said she loves blindsides. So she's kind of a mixed bag. Well, she loves blindsides when she's not the target. Of it. Well, that's true. Yes. Which I think can be said for lots of people. Uh, most people, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, well, let's go to the fourth rule, which tells players not to let their emotions control them. And I, I, again, I don't really have much to say here. The show made it seem like she was in a showmance, which would have been a problem if it had been true. Mm-hmm. But we've already established that it wasn't. Uh, and so she wasn't voting emotionally. She was the main one pushing logic and logical strategy. Yes. So I, I think she was fine here. No, I think she was, too. And that's why I, I think that she was playing a very smart game. And it, it was a very her path, she kind of set the course that she wanted to follow. And that's the course that she was following, which is impressive because most of the time when you go out there to play this game, you have an idea when you walk in and then things happen that change that course for you. And I think she was really continuing to go down that path. And unfortunately, other people got in her way. Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, before we go on to the rest of the rules, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, if there are any in your area. If not, we'll be back even quicker. And we're back. So let's go on to the fifth rule, which discusses how players have to pretend to be nice and play the social game. In her interviews, Chelsea sometimes sounded like she was doing a bit of our job and citing this rule uh, by saying people might say she went home because of a showmance, but she guesses her bonds weren't as strong as she had thought they were. And that's totally on her. She said she felt super close to Missy and Elizabeth and also close with Elaine, but it clearly wasn't reciprocated because nobody told her when her name was thrown out, not to mention that Missy was the one doing the throwing. Uh, Similarly, in her day after video, Chelsea said she could have been more open to building stronger bonds. So it sounds like she was maybe holding back a bit Mm. in terms of forming 
strong social relationships. Um, you know, before Missy brought up Chelsea's name, she was mulling over what name she could choose that didn't really have close attachments. Yeah. Since Missy was supposedly one of the people closest to Chelsea, that tells me, as it told Chelsea in retrospect, that the bond wasn't as strong as she thought it was. Yes. And that's where I've got to give Missy a lot of props with how quickly she was able to switch. Okay. There seems to be some connection to Dean and no one can really agree with Karishma, even though she was the one that was really leading that charge, but she Mm. did have to pick a name that no one was connected with. And, and it's unfortunate that that name became Chelsea. And the only person that they didn't include in this was Dean because They knew that Dean had that connection with Chelsea. So I do think that that speaks volumes regarding the types of relationships that she was making with those people. Though she was talking to them all and really trying to, I think, form a bond with people. I think potentially her wanting to play an under the radar kind of game might have affected her negatively here because she wasn't presenting herself in a very strong fashion like Missy is or like Aaron is or even Elaine for that matter. I do think that she was one that was kind of laying back a little bit. And because of that, when people heard the name Chelsea, they didn't there wasn't such a visceral response to it just because, OK, you know, it, it's not it, nobody had that response except Elizabeth was shocked, I think, when when that name came up. But but it it wasn't so much so that people said, no, I'm not going to go along with that plan. So I do think that right. she was probably a little more weak in her social game here. Yeah. All right, we can uh, go to the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat. Was Chelsea a threat? Yeah, I would say she was, but not in the way anyone seemed to suggest that she was. She wasn't a threat because she was in a duo with Dean, because that actually made her more valuable to them for the time being, with the swap likely approaching. The real threat was Karishma, who will probably flip on any of them and all of them at the swap. But then we go back to the whole perception issue we discussed in the second rule. And with that in mind, Yes, she could have been perceived as a threat, mm-hmm. but I think the real way she was a threat was that she was a secret super fan, uh, but she was following this rule and making sure people didn't know it. This rule says a different type of threat relates to knowledge and understanding of the game. For example, if you have been studying reality TV strategy and have watched every edition of the show to see who did what right and wrong, the last thing you want to do was let people know that. Well, Chelsea said in interviews that she didn't let on that she was a super fan and played it off like she wasn't. So they voted her off in part for being a threat that she wasn't, but didn't know about the threat that she truly presented. Oh, look at you. That was fancy. (laughs) Well, and I, I think it's true. I really do think that she had the she was being perceived as being a threat for a different reason and not because she was actually strategically playing a really great game (laughs) it's just one of those things that they i don't think really really saw her for what she was going to become a swap and come the merge she like i said she had a course set out for herself and that's what she that was the Mm -hmm. game she was playing but yeah i think that was i think that's fabulous that sums it up wonderfully (laughs) all right well the seventh rule covers idols and advantages and for the second week in a row a player was voted out with an idol in their pocket Last week, we talked about how Vince absolutely should have played it and went through the reasons why. But this week, I'm going to say there was no reason Chelsea should have played her idol. And I can't complain about it staying in her pocket. Yeah. And let's compare and contrast here. Vince knew he was a potential target. Chelsea had no idea. Vince's idol was only good for two tribal councils. 
Chelsea's idol was good for the whole game. Other players thought Vince might have an idol because he had just returned from Island of the Idols. Nobody had any inkling that Chelsea had an idol because she found it secretly and didn't tell a soul. We're talking about two completely different situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't see any reason why she would have thought to play the idol. Now, the only glimmer of hope I had for her was that maybe she did have a closer relationship to Elaine and Elizabeth, who were a little taken aback by Missy and how aggressive Missy was playing, that perhaps one of them would have just mentioned to Chelsea what was transpiring, but at the risk of then blowing up the relationship they've created with Aaron and Missy. So it's this whole weird dynamic, like where do your loyalties really lie? So that was a thought I had as we were watching the episode that maybe someone will at least mention to Chelsea and then she'll think, oh my goodness, what's happening and I should play my idol. But uh, she really had no idea what was happening. She really didn't. But I will say this too. The whole tribal council was weird. And like the things that people were saying just, and I understand people play tribal council up because you want to make people feel like you know, oh, you're not the target. It's somebody else and it's all for show. But it's just I felt like they were trying so hard to be like, aha, it could be anyone. Anyone could go home tonight. And mm-hmm. it was it was really it was a lot. It was a lot of a lot of theater. But then it ended up actually happening where they really did vote somebody out that no one expected to go home. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, it was kind of like um not this most recent one, but the previous week, uh, Survivor's Twitter account or the interns on Survivor's Twitter account um, uh, posted something and said something like, don't you love a live tribal? Well, there was nothing live about yeah. last week's tribal. No. And it's like, stop trying to make it a thing when it's nowhere near a thing. Mm-hmm. Just just stop. Yeah. Um, and that's what they were trying to do. Oh, it could be anyone. Yeah. Now, it was a lot. It was a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. Now, I have seen it suggested that Chelsea should have played her idol because there were so many changing plans shortly before Tribal Council. But we have to remember that she was blissfully unaware of all of those. But that's, as far as she and Dean knew, the plan was always to vote out Karishma. Yes, but that's where I go back to all the things that were being said in Tribal Council, because Elizabeth is even saying was talking about how there were so many plans and that you basically have to go. It's almost like you pick the the last name that you heard and that's who we're going to vote for. And if, if I'm Chelsea and if I'm sitting there and I'm hearing this and in my head going to the only plan was Krishma, like what, what is everyone talking about? What is this other plan? I don't, I mean, maybe Chelsea should have piped up and said, um, Elizabeth, what, you know, like what, like do a little whisper or something. I don't know. I mean, maybe she just thought everybody was trying to, Um, make Karishma feel better. But even Karishma was talking about how she was enjoying the things she was hearing at tribal council because it sounded like she had a shot. So I don't know why that was kind of missed by Chelsea and that there was no, I mean, it it certainly wasn't going to be a blindside and she's talking about it being a Chelsea even was talking about it being a blindside, but voting out Karishma wouldn't have been a blindside. So it just, well, maybe it was a blindside because the story was that they were making Karishma feel safe, that there were these other uh, possibilities going on. And that's, and and maybe that did happen. You know, so even if, even if Chelsea had leaned over and said, Elizabeth, what's going on? She'd have probably said, don't worry about it. It's just part of the story. You know, people create those 
those complex stories, mm-hmm. um, you know, to bring to tribal council. Yeah. Backup plan so, to the backup plan to the right. real plan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, before we leave this rule, I do want to also note that whatever we saw, it appeared to be on TV. Chelsea says she didn't just find that idol accidentally. She was looking in a more careful way than, say, Jason was in the early going. And, you know, she would go out to gather wood and search while working. So I, I do want to make sure she gets the credit for finding it. Yes. Because it seemed like people were like, oh, my God, she just stumbled on it. No, she was looking. Yeah. They can only follow you so much out there. Yeah. And they can all only tell so much story. Mm-hmm. Not everybody gets a full, you know, two minute explanation as to their lead up to finding an idol like Jamal. Yeah, Hopefully only the winner gets that. <laughs> <laughs> Something's happening. My goodness. It was like his his own little like I don't know prologue or to finding an idol. I it, it, very strange. And what was it? You know the music swelling when yes! you found it. What and... the hell was that all about? Like what is happening right now? <laughs> oh, it was almost like there was going to be this shining light coming down from the heavens and angels were singing. Oh, oh. there's the you know there's the idol. It was it was very weird. <laughs> Maybe that's the beam of light Jeff Probst was talking about. There you go. There, there's definitely got to be a beam of light out there because that's what Jamal needed at that moment. So, all right. Uh, Now we can move on to Appendix A. And this is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And usually we talk about how the players should vote out the weak and the strong and the weak and the strong. And we'll briefly discuss that. But then we have a lot more to cover here as well because at this point in the game with the swab swap probably looming tribes should be looking to vote out those who are weak in terms of tribal unity which describes charisma to a t but while chelsea and dean thought that was still the plan because it made the most sense that's not how the rest of the tribe chose to go and i'd like to take a couple minutes to follow the decision path oh lord yes so we started with the power couple of aaron and missy Aaron not only said Dean was with Chelsea, but also that Dean wasn't helpful in challenges, which was something you and I had talked about last week. It seemed like the plan was to vote out Dean to take away the influence he was supposedly having on Chelsea and bring Chelsea back to Missy and Elizabeth. Most people were on board with this idea, but Elizabeth was shocked because they shouldn't let Karishma get away with just lying around and napping while Dean was at least getting firewood and helping with the shelter. So she and Elaine said no. And since the plan was not to tell Chelsea or Tom, that meant they didn't have the numbers to pull it off. Missy said they couldn't agree on Dean and they couldn't agree on Karishma. Now, pause for a second here, because I don't understand why they couldn't agree on Karishma. That was only Missy. How did that happen? No, but that Missy was the problem. Missy didn't want Karishma to get voted out because Karishma could have agreed on it. Yes. And that's exactly the thing. This was all Missy. This was not we can't all agree. This was Missy saying Karishma's a vote in my pocket and I want to keep her around, even though she screwed that up later. And I think it's a terrible idea for Missy to have thought this. But go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, they, they they want to keep her around for an easy vote. Well, guess what? This was the right time to do right. an easy vote. Absolutely. If your own alliance can't get onto the same page and you're thinking ahead to a swap, Karishma was the perfect person mm-hmm. to vote out right then and there. And so, fine, they, they don't do that. So Missy needed a name that no one was completely attached to and said by voting out Chelsea, the women could keep 
the three big guys as protection. So basically, it wasn't about keeping Dean for challenges, but for appearances later when he would theoretically be a bigger target than the women. Yeah. And it's all bad. Yes. It's all bad. And and I, I do think that I do think that Chelsea nailed this on the head in, in one of her exit interviews when she was talking about how they all knew that a swap was coming. And rather than do the safe vote off of Karishma, Missy kept saying that Karishma is a vote in my pocket. But so were Dean and I talking about mm-hmm. herself. And now they lose me. They blindside Dean and possibly lose him and keep Karishma, who's going to flip. Instead of going into a swap with seven, now you go in with five. I mean, this is how un-well like, thought out this plan was, as far as I'm concerned. I don't understand yeah. this idea of keeping Karishma around because you think you can control her somehow, but you've alienated yourself now from Dean, and you've lost Chelsea, who wouldn't have flipped during, after a swap. And if anything... What Missy then did in tribal council to Karishma by talking about her being lapped was ridiculous. If you mm-hmm. think that she's going to be in your pocket, that is not how you keep her in your pocket by by calling her out in front of everyone. And then on top of it, you've got Tom like basically high fiving Missy like, mm-hmm, that's right. You know, I mean, it's just like everyone's making Karishma feel like she's nothing in this tribe. So, of course, when they swap, guess what? Karishma's like. I am on your team now. I am, yeah. you know, I mean, there's, there's no loyalty there whatsoever. So this all around bad idea, bad idea. Yeah. And so, so again, we're left with how did it get to Chelsea? But because she did have allies, you know, but after Missy brought up Chelsea's name, Elaine said people were running around and whispering and she didn't know how it was going to go. And this is one reason I think Elaine and Elizabeth and others decided not to fight it this time. You know, they had already been through three possible names. And if you keep saying no, Mm -hmm. then at some point the arrow is going to aim at you because there are only so many people in camp. Yes. And Elaine even said that she was talking about Aaron and how if he's willing to do this to her, what's he willing to do to me? And so I do think that it was probably easier for Elizabeth and Elaine to be like, you know what? We're done. Like, we're not going to keep rocking the boat. Leave it alone. We already said no to Dean. We can't say no to Chelsea because then they're going to look for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And if Missy is so quick to drop other names, well, then Missy might just flip around and go, what about Elaine then? You know, I mean, it's just it is definitely probably best for them at that point. Just be like, you know, what? I'm not going to fight. We're just going to. This is fine. Like, this is what you want, because I do think it's going to come back. It's going to come back to bite Missy. I really do. Yeah, I mean, the real question is still why nobody pushed the, the, you know, the arrow back to the beginning and said, okay, if nobody can agree on these names, why not just go back to Karishma? But somehow that thought seemed to be pushed out of people's minds and new names were the only ones under consideration. And you already talked about how Karishma was the logical choice. Mm -hmm. And that means the tribe made the wrong decision here, which is the point of Appendix A to analyze what the tribe did. They made the wrong decision. You know, Chelsea said in her interviews that putting her own feelings aside, which admittedly is difficult to do, she believes this was a stupid and illogical move that made no sense. She said people just want to blindside people and make a move for the sake of a move. And whatever emotion she might have been feeling, I have to agree with her 100 mm-hmm. percent. Aaron said it feels like I'm the only one on this tribe that wants to play this game. 
And to that, I say, no, you're overplaying this game and you didn't learn from Ronnie's mistakes. Mm -hmm. Missy said this tribe has a lot of sheep on it. They're too weak and afraid to make a move. And it's really frustrating. You didn't come here to play Survivor. You came for a vacation. But me, I'm here to play this game. Well, you know, that's great, Missy. But there's a lot more to Survivor than making big moves, especially in the freaking pre-merge. And there is a lot of game that is left to play. Exactly. And you need to know where you're going to be with the people that you are creating these plans with. If you want to make a, a, you know, a big move, you better make sure that you've got people on your side who are going to move forward with you. And unfortunately, sometimes you think that that's what you have and you find out later that that's not what you have. And that's something that I, I ended up suffering from. And it's, and it's sad when that happens, but it does happen. But in this particular instance, it's very clear where everybody's loyalties lie. There was no question about where Chelsea's loyalty was and where Dean's loyalty was. And, and you've got, and she, Missy knows she has Aaron and you've got Elizabeth and Elaine. Like it, this isn't one of those situations where someone is trying to cut someone else or someone is talking about Missy being a threat. No, these are people that are all playing the game together and there's no reason to, to tear that apart at this point, because now you've just created all kinds of issues with people that, there was no issue with before at yeah, all. I mean, Chelsea said in interviews, it was just day 11. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, everyone knew the swap was coming. So why rock the boat now? And she said also, sometimes the safe move is the right move, even if it's supposedly boring. And, you know, this reminds me of a move made by a player a couple seasons ago on South African Survivor. You watched that season mm -hmm. and it was pre-merge. He had a tight ally and the tight ally wanted to do the strategically correct thing. But this guy felt, no, that's boring. So he blindsided his ally again. Yep. I, you know, and I hated that move so much that while other people became fans of that player later in the game, I just couldn't get past it. And, you know, this move seems awfully similar. Chelsea was an ally for almost everyone on the tribe. Besides the Women's Alliance, there was the Day 5 Secret Alliance with her, Dean, Aaron, Elizabeth, and Missy. And, you know, but for some reason, Missy and Aaron decided they want to get rid of one of their own allies, alienate another right before the likely swap. It, it makes no sense at all. And the you're other thing, too. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, you're, you're keeping charisma and making her feel like even more of an outsider at Tribal Council, like you said. Mm-hmm. Just in case she wasn't already going to flip on you, it, it's, you know, possible that Missy, Aaron and the rest who went along with this vote can come back from this. But it puts them in a terrible position unless they get a really favorable situation. Yeah, it was it was a horrible decision. They did not keep their end goals in mind. No. And if you think about it, too, I know Missy's whole issue, if you will, with, with Chelsea and Dean was that they're a tight two and that's dangerous. But they're a tight two that are with you. They're, right. they're not scheming against you. They're not telling you that they're potentially going to gonna flip on you or that you're not going to be part of their group anymore. Like they are not giving you any of those messages where you should have any concern about them other than there's two more people that are going to vote with me. That's all Missy needed to think about was now I have two people. You've got her claim is she's got Krishma in her pocket. Krishma's one vote. Dean and Chelsea are two. 
So that's three. You know, So, I mean, that's a, that's a bigger number. That's a better thing to have. And so it's really very, very odd that you would that you would risk having such a solid core like that and throw it away for the sake of a, a big move and, and wanting to to shake up the game. And it really seems like I do really think that Missy and Aaron I hate to even say this, but it's like because people have said it, this big move itis kind of thing where mm-hmm. we need to we need to make it look like we're we're doing things. And I think they're feeding off of each other. You know, Aaron and Missy, I think they're both really strong personalities. They're strong people and they clearly enjoy this game a lot. But I and they're both military. So I do think that they are really combative and and competitive and i think that that's where we're seeing their stories go to and this is what i was worried about for missy and is that she was going to end up being too aggressive and coming on too strong and i think aaron is is doing the same thing and and i just think that that energy is feeding off of each other yeah i I mean yeah big move itis is absolutely what they have Mm -hmm. and it's a contagious case Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so all right i'm gonna i'm gonna Take a breather from the my rant there. I'm, I'm going to continue to recover. So do you have any final thoughts uh, before I conclude? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Chelsea was a self-described Survivor super fan, which she did not share with her tribe. And they did not know that they ended up voting out such a super fan. Instead, they thought they voted out somebody's girlfriend. So I feel for Chelsea because I do think that Chelsea, in all of her interviews that she did pregame sounded very excited to play this game but she sounded like someone who had thought it through she had even come up with the idea of if the final four happens and she has a chance to go to fire that she was going to choose making fire Mm -hmm. and she said i'm not going to let anybody bring me to the end i'm bringing myself to the end and that was before we saw chris underwood do that so the fact that she had thought that through i think speaks volumes of the game that she wanted to play and unfortunately i don't think we got to see the game that she wanted to play because she was playing the game she wanted it was under the radar she was being quiet not making big moves doing the boring move if you will but there's nothing wrong with the common denominator everyone can live with i feel like that was the unfortunate component for chelsea that there was a common denominator and it ended up being her even though it should have been karishma sorry karishma but that's kind of where everybody was at and chelsea unfortunately fell on the sword because people wanted to make big moves and she was the one person that the sword fell on so for Chelsea, it's it's unfortunate that she found herself in this situation. But like I said, listen, just be cold. You go out there and play this game. Don't cuddle. Don't spoon. Just be cold because you might end up perception is reality. And unfortunately for Chelsea, the perception of her being in a showmance created people nervousness in people. And, and this idea that that was going to be a danger and then that danger turned into a thing. And then that thing turned into Chelsea getting voted out. Yeah. Be- be cold or be married. Right. One of the two. Exactly. Being married, being married was a great idea. Being married didn't stop one particular couple, but we won't talk about them. <laughs> that was a number of seasons ago. We'll leave that alone. Yeah. Uh, all right. Chelsea came into Survivor with the right strategic mindset, and she carried it out just as she had planned. 
She laid low. She didn't make big moves for no reason. And she followed the logical path. Unfortunately, as many of us who are similarly logical has have found throughout our lives, not everybody thinks in the same way. Uh, Rob had Morgan Ricky from Ghost Island on the voicemails podcast, and she mentioned that she tried to play a similar game, but there were too many recruits who just wanted to make big moves because they thought that's what they were supposed to do. Chelsea had a similar but opposite problem. Her tribe mates were mostly fans, but they succumbed to Jeff Probst's ongoing promotion of big moves as the best way to play the game. They should have made the obvious but quote unquote boring decision to vote out Karishma but pushed in every other direction until they ended up choosing Chelsea. The tribe made a terrible decision, but no decision is ever made completely in a vacuum, and Chelsea herself admitted there were issues she could have better addressed. While I certainly understand her point that many of her tribe mates had paired up in duos, that doesn't mean it's okay to be obvious about your own duo. Hypocrisy runs rampant in Survivor and similar games, and if someone can point to something and say you're a threat because of it, It may not matter at all if they're doing the same thing. Just look at the most recent season of Big Brother when Tommy and Christy were up in arms about the suggestion that Holly and Kat knew each other before the game while Tommy and Christy had known each other for even longer. The only way to avoid situations like these are to ensure you're not putting yourself, well, in a situation that can look bad. As I mentioned earlier, I said in the conclusion of Why Molly Lost, Molly was thinking one thing, but her tribe mates saw her in a different light. She thought she'd been hanging out with everyone, but they thought she was focused on her tight trio. Similarly, Chelsea thought she'd been hanging out and even sleeping next to everyone, but others focused on how tight she was with Dean. At the same time, they apparently felt she wasn't as tight with them as she, as she thought she was. Once again, we have differing perce- perceptions. Chelsea thought she was in a great place while Missy, her ostensible ally, felt she was expendable. And nobody else was willing to stand up and say otherwise. The tribe still made a terrible decision. And unless they luck out, the majority of them will probably pay for it down the road. But that doesn't help Chelsea. She didn't do much wrong, but the little things were magnified by her tribe's poor decision making. And that is why Chelsea lost. So sad. So sad. Not as sad as Molly, though. All right. Well, I don't know. It was, you know, kind of sad for both. (laughs) More sad for me, though. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm a little. About. Oh, I'm. I'm sure you did. Oh yeah. (laughs) So, uh, speaking of sad, it's uh, uh, time for the preview or predictions, rather. Yeah. (laughs) This is going to be sad. Yes. So, yeah, well, because you know what I think I'm going to do? I think Uh, I should just take everyone's name, put it in a Mm -hmm. bag and then pick one. Just like they do to send people to Island of the Idols. We don't we don't have time for that. Damn it. So, yeah. Um, Okay, so here's where we are. The preview showed we're having the swap, uh, which, you know, makes predictions even more difficult than usual. Uh, Though, I guess some people saw some spoilers in the preview in the second preview that I didn't notice. Not that I studied them that carefully. I mean, I I did see a few things that, you know, okay, it seems like we know this person's on the same tribe as that person, whatever. But it's not, I mean, I didn't see anything super spoilery. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, I ask people not to tell me that if they do see something. Uh, We did see Karishma saying she has no loyalty to her original tribe, which is not exactly surprising. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And of course, throughout the podcast, I've been predicting dire results from the bad decision to vote out Chelsea. If Missy, Aaron, Elizabeth, Elaine, and Tom are swapped into the minority, or they're somehow in the majority with Dean or Karishma, well, they're in trouble. And mathematically, any of those possibilities are pretty damn likely. So, you know, from the start of the second rule that I quoted earlier, often when someone makes a big move, they're out the next vote. And, you know, the swap mixes things up. But it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Missy or Elaine are out next. Now, you may say, well, I just listed a bunch of names. Why not Aaron, Tom, or Elizabeth? Well, simple challenges. Uh, so I'm going to stay consistent with what, with what I've been saying and predict that Elaine gets the boot <gasps> next episode. You think it's I, Elaine? I, well, I don't like the idea, but if, if you follow that path, it makes sense. Yeah, but here's the thing. All right. Elaine and Elizabeth seem very close, as mm -hmm. do Tom and Elaine. Mm -hmm. And I do think that Missy has kind of alienated herself from at least Elizabeth and Elaine because she's just dropping people's names the way that she is. And Elaine is very likable. And I think mm -hmm. that if they end up getting swapped and she has to win some people over, I think she'll be able to. And I, I, I don't feel like she's going to be in trouble. I feel like Missy is going to have a harder time justifying what she's going to be walking into if she's walking into it with Elaine and Elizabeth and having to, you know, if you're trying to fight for your life and you're with, you know, it's Elaine, Elizabeth and Missy against a group from the other, you know, who are you going to try to throw under the bus? I don't think that. I don't know. I feel like they would they would throw Missy under the bus. And also, if Lauren and Missy end up on the same tribe together, I'm interested to see how that would play out. Just because they're both kind of running things. And I don't know if they would butt heads or if they would like gravitate towards each other. But also, Tom is um, someone that Lauren wanted to work with pregame. She was talking about that. So if she and so I feel like there's a lot of possibilities here. But I still think that Missy's going to have the hardest time recovering from this. Especially after how she handled Karishma, because I think Karishma is completely going to throw her under the bus wherever she ends up. I think Missy's in for it. Well, and like I said, I was down to Missy and Elaine, so Missy going would not surprise me. But here's what I'm looking at. If you get swapped into a tribe and you're in the minority, you're, you know, the other, the other, the members of the other original tribe will probably vote largely based on challenge performance. But Elaine hasn't done bad in challenges. But she hasn't. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm just guessing. Right. No, and that's true. You know, I'm just guessing that Missy will look like she can do better in challenges than Elaine. Yeah. And, you know, so unless someone really screws up in one, you, you go based on appearances, you know, often with a swap, it's similar to, you know, the, the, first vote of your original tribe, except you've seen them in a couple other challenges. But other than that, I mean, they don't have much to go on. And would you want to keep the friendly person who might be able to make inroads with your allies or get rid of that person and keep the one that's over there kind of snarling at you? Well, and that is true, too. I mean, it's all going to depend upon how they want to see themselves moving forward. But 
I don't, I, I don't know. I still feel like Missy is someone that is scary. Like, I feel like she's someone that could, she could come into a new group and they could be like, oh my goodness. Like, we, we need to watch out for her because she's, she's fighting hard. And I think that that can be, that can put a target on her back, that they can see her as being a very dominant player. And if they're thinking merge, I realize it's just swap and we've got time before the merge, but if they're thinking merge, she might do great in challenges at the merge. So it's maybe they're just trying to get rid of a, a big threat early before they get to that point. You know, that's possible too. It is, especially if depending on how big the majority is, mm-hmm. you know, if there's enough of the, uh, of Missy's tribe there, they may say, huh, we don't care if we lose three. Right. You know, well, I mean, we care. You've got to look at who are the really strong people that are left. And, you know, Missy is one of those strong people. And she's also, playing a very strong game. And if she and Aaron are split up, I, th- I think she's going to have a hard time having a close ally. Cause if Aaron's over there and she's over here, she's got to go back to those people and be like, Hey, you know, let's, let's do this. And maybe Elizabeth and, and Elaine and Karishma are kind of scratching their heads going, wait a second. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're scared of you too. We're going to tell everybody else they need to be scared of you. And then I don't know. I could, I feel like that could not bode well for her. Yeah, I mean, there are also other wild cards. You know, I've been talking about the other tribe as if they're a complete unified group, but we know Jamal does not feel unified yes. with them. Um, Lord knows what Nora thinks. Uh, very true. I, I don't think Nora knows what Nora thinks. Um, Jason does seem to have integrated himself into the tribe. Yes. Um, but you know, you never know how a swap is going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So those are our predictions, and uh, I predict that um neither of us will be right yeah um, i'm sure that that's going to be the the thing that way one way or another who's I'm the right. least likely person to get sent home right karishma <laughs> i almost predicted karishma i i went down a path in my thinking that would have led to karishma but i i just don't think so i should just be like it's kelly Kelly's going home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't go. make any sense at all. No, it doesn't. Yes, yeah, so we want to have three in a row with an idol in their pocket. Right. <gasps> that would be fascinating. Or hair. Or hair. Right. Love so. that. All right. Well, as we begin to wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program by heading to robhaswebsite.com slash patron. Um, you know, he has the patron cast and he he has other special calls. Uh, there's the weekly Facebook call-in show, a weekly Q&A with his wife, Nicole, and more. And also on Facebook, you'll find a great community of people that you can talk to about Survivor, Big Brother, and more. So again, go to robhaswebsite.com slash patron. And once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello. Yes. And listen, if you get into that group, be ready. You are able to voice your opinions and people will voice their opinions back loudly. So it is a it is a very incredible group of people who clearly love these shows and are really interested in talking through it. So really, if you like doing that, that's the place to do it, because you have you have a captive audience who are willing to you know, share ideas and thoughts and and listen and then tell you, I disagree with you. David Bloomberg. <laughs> so. Nobody ever disagrees with me. I no, don't know what you're saying. You disagree with people. That's just what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, well, that's because they're wrong. <laughs> See, so become part of the patron group and then you can tell David Bloomberg he's wrong. 
No, no, no. Uh They they say, David, you're right. You you, Mm. you misunderstand. Okay. All right. Well, and then also you should follow us on Twitter. I am Jessica Lewis 89 and David Bloomberg is at David Bloomberg. Follow us both because then you can see both sides of the conversation. And also you can see all the wonderful selfies I post at Bloomberg and pictures of he and I. Good times. And uh, yeah, it's just fun. We do live tweeting during the episodes. And also we talk about why blank lost and we post this there as well. So Jessica Lewis, 89 and at David Bloomberg. Yes. And I posted photos from the uh, live show there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, that's always good to see everybody that uh, we got to see. And uh, I encourage anyone who uh, took pictures with us because you are probably using your cameras. So if you want to post them on Twitter and, and tag us, feel free. Go ahead. Yeah, that would be great. And we can retweet that stuff. It's all yes. good. All right. We need a hashtag. And, uh, you know, when it was Molly, we did perception is reality. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you said it was a little long. And so I want to shorten. I, I think we have the same idea here. Mm-hmm. But shorten it and just make it perceptions again. Yeah, it's true. It's it's. Yeah, unfortunately, it's true. That was the perception. Showman's perception. That would be really long. (laughs) Okay. No, we'll just do showman's perception. That's even better. Okay. Look at that. All right. Look at that. You've improved upon the hashtag. Showman's (laughs) perception. And of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, which is YXLost. Uh, Before we finish, I want to remind everyone about the poster we discussed earlier, which covers all of these rules. Uh, Go to tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. Or if you click on the link to the Rob Has a Website page for each of our podcasts, as as Jessica mentioned, there is a little mini poster you can click on and it'll take you straight there. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're outside the U.S., let Jessica know and she'll work out the details with you because we've had orders from all around the globe. Yes, and I will gladly do so. Shipping will be a little bit more expensive, but I will certainly get you your poster. And if you're one of the first three who wants an autographed one, let us know. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed to all of the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com slash survivor or on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the reality TV wrap ups feed in both places. You can find Great content like the know-it-alls, the wiggle room, the B&B, and much more. So go there, sign up, subscribe, and you'll you'll get us in your earbuds once a week automatically. Nice. Uh, thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does all the editing on the Why Blank Loss podcasts. Thanks, as always, to Will from America for the theme song. And thanks to you, Jessica, for another great episode and a great time in New York. It was a great time. Definitely a good time. Uh, really, I, your cousin, I can't say enough wonderful things about her. She was incredible. Super fun. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you for the support. We appreciate it greatly. And we will definitely be back again next week. Yes. And just uh, in case, since I never mentioned this, you mentioned it now. My cousin did join me. She lives in New York and she is a big Survivor fan. And she did join me at the live know it all. So, um, you know, we got to eat dinner with her. And it turns out that uh, I think uh, the two of you are now going to be besties for the rest of your life. She is really, yeah, she was very enjoyable. A lot of great uh, things that I shared with her. Just had a lot of things in common. And I don't know, just, just, she's got great hair. She could hide some serious idols in her hair, too. Yes, she could. Just throwing that out there. She could go play Survivor and hide some idols. Get ready. Yeah, except she she believes she'd be the first one voted off. So <laughs> that is true. That is true. But you know what? Look at look what's happening. The people yeah, we thought know. that were going to go home right away still there. 
most of them, not all of them. Yeah, I know that's true. So, all right. With that, um, we will uh, say goodbye and see you next week. Bye bye. Survivor, and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this